Welcome to the Body Beautiful Christian Podcast. Join us in this enlightening episode as we delve into the power of living a life led by the Spirit of God, while also highlighting the pitfalls of succumbing to the manipulative tactics of flattery. In this episode, we challenge societal norms that contradict the principles of the kingdom of God, while emphasizing the need to renew our minds and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. As ambassadors of the kingdom of God, we're called to reflect God's values and principles and to be a beacon of light in the darkness and a voice for God's truth. As we continue our discussion on flattery, we'll expose its deceptive nature while urging you to be led by the Holy Spirit and not false praise. We discuss the importance of sincere worship and the risks of flattery and leadership warning against the yes man syndrome. So join us on this journey of spiritual growth and enlightenment as we strive to live a life led by the Spirit of God, rejecting the manipulative tactics of flattery and embracing the truth of God's word. Let's walk together in the light, seeking God first, renewing our minds, and walking in agreement with Him. Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Body Beautiful Broadcast, where our purpose is to beautify the body of Christ, spirit, soul, and body. It's time to get the bride prepared for the return of her soon coming king. Well, I'm Minister Allegra, and I'm always so happy and excited to be here with you. And of course, I'm excited to be here with you because of who is here with me. He is my favorite person and my best friend, hopefully yours too. He is the most important person on this earth. He is none other than Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He is the host of the show and I am his co-host. Well, if you are joining us for the very first time, I'd like to take this time to welcome you in the name of the Lord, to thank you for joining us. And I pray that you will be blessed. If you are a return listener, welcome back, guys. You know we're always so thankful that you have made us part of your teaching routine. All right, everybody, grab your Bibles, your pen, papers, pencils, tablets, whatever it is that you use to take notes, because we're going to get into this teaching. But before we do, let us pray. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we glorify you, God. We magnify you. Hallelujah. We bless your holy name. You are the holy one. You are the only wise God. Hallelujah. We stand in the fear of the Lord to reverence you, O God, with reverence, with high reverence, with high esteem, God. We stand in awe of you, O Lord. And Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you for who you are and you are God. So Father, we thank you for this time that you have set aside for us to come and sit at your feet to hear what it is that you have to say. Father, I pray that each of us are not only hearers of the word, but we are also doers of the word, willing to be obedient. Our hearts have the intent to do the things that you are instructing us to do at this time. So Father, I completely yield to you. Have your way. Say what you want to say, O God. I thank you for the anointing that is on me, the anointing that is on this teaching, and it shall go forth unblocked, 
unstopped by any demonic force in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, guys. So we are really, you know, dealing with this whole manipulation and witchcraft thing, because this really is on the heart of the father. As we've, uh, we've been covering, as we've been discussing, there are a lot of things that we don't realize or recognize that we are coming into agreement. And the reason why is because we have been trained in this earth curse system. We have been trained by a fallen world since youth. And so there are many practices. There are many, you know, things in society that are acceptable. However, they run contrary to the kingdom of God and to the principles and the practices of the kingdom of God. And we know that Matthew 6, tells us that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so in this seeking and the amplified translation of that actually says to seek for, uh, seek after, strive for, aim at God's way of doing, right? And so as believers, as citizens of the kingdom of God, our first priority must be to seek God and not only seek God, don't just stop there, right? Not only seek God, but seek his ways and aim to do those things, aim to live out the ways of God. This is how we become true disciples of Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus said, I don't say anything. You know, I, I say what I hear the father say, and I only do what I see the father do. Jesus operated in the ways of the kingdom of God. And as he is the sample son, as he is our example, we are to do the same. The expectation is that we are to do the same. So it doesn't matter what society is doing. What matters is what heaven is doing. What matters is what the kingdom of God is doing, right? So even Romans 12, um, 12, two, verse two, chapter 12, verse two tells us not to, you know, be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I want to go and look at that in a couple of translations. Um, since I had the passion translation right in front of me, I'm going to read from there first. And it says, Romans 12, two says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Okay. And so the, um, amplified translation of that says to do not be conformed to this world, this age fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed 
changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. And so, you know, this reminds me of a very recent conversation. I was hosting a session, um, on, you know, with, with a group of folks on our Facebook page, the Body Beautiful um, International Ministries Facebook page. We were hosting our first, um, or our, our second, actually, Holy Spirit Tongues of Fire live Q&A. And so one of um, the people who was in the session had said, because we were talking about how, how um, the church comes into agreement with things. In fact, um, what was brought up was a conversation about several years ago, I was talking with somebody and they were reminding me during the session of how um, during Donald Trump's presidency in the United States, that there was an article that was written that was saying that there were uh, covens of witches around the world who were fasting and praying to curse him and his presidency. And a lot of people in the church were actually coming into agreement with that. They were participating. And he, he was saying to me, he says, you know, it just sounded so far-fetched to me that he didn't really believe me, but he went home and he Googled it and found the articles. In fact, there were a couple of them. Um, and so he found that. And another one of the participants has said, you know, you know, they were saying that sometimes we don't realize what we're agreeing with. We just think it's no big deal. You know, we think it might be funny, right? And so this is the danger that we get into when we are not led by the spirit of God, but when we are led by the culture around us, a culture which is influenced by the powers of darkness and not influenced by the power of God. Okay. So just like Romans 12, two was telling us, don't, don't give in, don't be conformed to this world, this age, their practices, right. But be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let Holy spirit do the inward work in us. That's going to highlight what we are coming into agreement with and what we need to fall out of agreement with. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they be agreed, right? And so when we come into agreement with something, we are walking with something. When we say that we are walking with the Lord, that means that we are coming into agreement with him. We are locking our hands with him and we are, you know, we're walking with him down the street. We're walking with him everywhere, right? We're in agreement with everything that he says, everything that he does, yeah, we're in agreement with all of his plans. And so that's the heart of the father for us to be looking to see what he is doing and listening to hear what he is saying and doing those things. Okay. As obedient children of God and also as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven.
right? We are ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. And just like in any nation, when an ambassador is sent to a foreign nation, that ambassador represents, they represent their nation to whatever their, the nation is that they are in at that time. Okay, so much so that when you step foot on the grounds of the embassy of that particular country in a foreign land, you are actually stepping foot in that natural country. Example, I, as an American from the United States of America, if I were to go to Brazil, right, as the ambassador of the United States, then when I go to Brazil, my home is the U.S. Embassy in Brazil. It doesn't matter that I am in Brazil, but the land, the territory that the U.S. Embassy resides in is U.S. territory, okay? And as a representative of my nation, of the United States, Whenever I go to speak to anyone, I am going to speak the language of my government, okay? So not just speaking English, because English is the official language of the United States, but speaking the language of my government, which means whatever their policies are, whatever their stance is, I am going to say and do the same thing because I am an ambassador, I present my nation in the nation where I am now present. The same thing happens with us as ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. Okay. God's will be done. You know, God's kingdom come, God's will shall be done in earth as it is in heaven. As his representatives, his ambassadors, we are re presenting the kingdom of heaven, the government of God in the place where we are residing. And everywhere that we step, because in the book of Joshua says that everywhere the soles of your feet tread, that have I given you, everywhere I step turns into the kingdom of God because I am an ambassador. That now becomes the, the, the nation, that land now becomes the nation from which I reside. My language be, is now the government, the language of my government. So I say what God is saying. I follow the policies of my kingdom as well. Okay. So I am a doer of the word of God as well. So this sets us up again for more of the things that we're going to get into in the next couple of sessions as we dig in deeper to manipulation and witchcraft. Hey, beautiful. It's time to immerse yourself in the divine embrace of God's love with our beautiful and beloved journal. Crafted for the modern Christian woman, this journal is more than just a book. It's a spiritual companion and it's a testament to your unique journey with God. Our journal, inspired by scripture, serves as a constant reminder of your inherent beauty and worth in the eyes of God. 
Each of its 120 single-line pages carries the empowering message, you are beautiful to God and you are his beloved. Along with the actual scripture from Song of Solomon, chapter four, verse seven, that says, you are altogether beautiful, my love, and there is no flaw in you. This affirmation etched at the bottom of every page is a beacon of God's unwavering love for you. The beautiful and beloved journal is designed to fit seamlessly into your life. And it's the perfect companion for your daily devotions, quiet moments of reflection, or those spontaneous bursts of God-inspired creativity. But this journal offers more than just space for your thoughts. It's a curated spiritual journey with sections dedicated to exploring your beauty, identity, and image in Christ. It's a gentle reminder that you are God's chosen, valued beyond measure, and deeply loved. And it's an invitation to cultivate intimacy with God and to bask in His pure love. This journal is not just for you. It's a great gift of love and a tool for spiritual growth and a catalyst for deeper connections. So share it with your daughters, your friends, and the women in your life who yearn for a deeper relationship with God. The Beautiful and Beloved Journal is more than just a product, it's a movement. And it's a call to embrace your divine beauty, understand your worth, and deepen your relationship with God. It's a testament to the power of faith, the beauty of devotion, and the transformative power of God's love. Join us on this journey. Embrace your beauty, revel in being God's beloved, and start your journey now with the Beautiful and Beloved Journal. So what are you waiting for, beloved? Pick up our beautiful and beloved journal at www.thebodybeautiful.org. Now, let's get back to the episode. Always consult God. Always consult God, especially when somebody comes and gives you, you know, some false praise and, you know, you kind of get that check in your spirit like, mm, okay, that's nice, but something's not right about that right? So flattery oftentimes is used to get what you want. It's steeped in manipulation by deception. Okay. And so, you know, how I was saying that, you know, it's used for the purpose of gaining favor and influence or to accomplish some purpose. I often think about, you know, when I think about flattery, I think about one of those um, children's stories um, the emperor's new clothes. And so, um, if you've never read the emperor's new clothes, it's essentially about an emperor that, um, that wanted a new outfit, but he had everything that he wanted. And, you know, so the new tailor really didn't know, you know, what to come up with. And so he came up with nothing. (laughs) And so he presented actually nothing to the emperor and said, you know, just gave him all kinds of praise about it and said, no one will ever have this kind of outfit that you have. You'll be so unique. He just, you know, effusive flattery just flattered him. And so the emperor was so excited that he had these new clothes that no one else in the land would ever wear. And so he's walking around his realm, his palace, naked, 
naked, but no one would tell this man that he was naked because he was the emperor, right? Everybody around them enjoyed their position. They enjoyed their proximity to power. They enjoyed their favor. And it wasn't until one young kid went up to the emperor and said, hey, you don't have on any clothes. You are naked. Because this kid really had nothing to gain. (laughs) So flattery was not, you know, his portion. He told the truth. And so this is often what happens, you know, with flattery that people have ulterior motives, right? They want to have proximity to you or there's something that they want, or maybe this might be you. Maybe you're trying to vie for, you know, certain influence or certain power in your place of business where you work, right? Or maybe in your community or maybe in your church, And so you flatter the leaders there, telling them what they want to hear so that you can get that foot in the door, okay? That's manipulation. That's false. That's deception. And God is not pleased with that. Now, when this happens with you, what you always want to do is you want to check with the Lord. You want to consult with the Lord to find out actually what is really going on here. And so I think about too, the Holy Spirit had, you know, we were talking about this one today, Joshua um, and the Gibeonites. And so if you look in Joshua chapter nine, there's, you know, there's the account of you know, all the kings heard and, you know, across the Jordan, they all heard that the children of Israel were coming. And so they all conspired. They all got together and formed somewhat of a confederate, I guess you can call it, but they all conspired together to try to stop the advancement of the advancement of the Israelites and their destruction, you know, of their own kingdoms. Right. And so it says, so it came to pass when all the Kings, which were on the side of Jordan in the Hills and in the valleys and all the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite and the Jebusite heard thereof that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work wily and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, bound up and old shoes and clouded upon their feet, old garments upon them and all the bread of their provisions was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua and unto the camp at Gilgal and said unto him and to the men of Israel, we become from a far country. Now, therefore make ye league with us. They were saying in the amplified translation, um, and they went to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal and said to him and the men of Israel, we have come from a far country. So now make a covenant with us. But the men of Israel said to the Hivites, perhaps you live among us. How then can we make a covenant with you? They said to Joshua, we are your servants. And Joshua said, he asked them, where are you from? 
And they said, we came from a very far country and um, we heard what your Lord did with Egypt, right? And so we're afraid and we don't want you to do to us what you did with them. And if you look down at verse 14 in Joshua 9, it says, so the Israelite men took partake the Israelite men partook of their food and did not consult the Lord. Okay. So what ended up happening is Joshua made a covenant with them, a covenant of peace with them. After he already had instructions from God that you are to go and you are to destroy all of these nations that are greater and mightier than you, right? You are not to make covenant with them. These people, these Gibeonites, which were only the next town over, lied, used deception to get Joshua and the Israelites to come into covenant with them. And how it happened, Joshua did not consult the Lord. All right, beloveds, now it's time for our Selah moment. This is where we pause for a moment to think about what we just covered. In the first segment, we talked about the importance of not conforming to societal norms and practices that run contrary to the principles of the kingdom of God. Listen, we've all been trained by a fallen system prior to coming into the kingdom of God. So oftentimes we don't realize how or why we're doing things that are contrary to the ways of the kingdom of God. But as believers, we are called to live differently. And that's why it's so important that we constantly seek God, seek his kingdom and his ways and aim to live them out as instructed in Matthew 6:33. This means that we need to be very intentional about renewing our minds and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, helping us to discern what we're coming into agreement with, or as we discussed during the segment, what we're walking with. Remember, the scripture tells us in Amos 3.3, can two walk together unless they be agreed? We need to be very careful about what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're and what we're reading, because it's these things that can have a big impact on our thoughts and actions. Ultimately, we should matter most, what should matter most to us is what heaven is doing and following that. When we're led by the culture around us, which is often influenced by the powers of darkness, we can easily come into agreement with or participate in things that are actually in direct opposition to the kingdom of God. And as ambassadors to the kingdom of heaven, we have a responsibility to represent or represent God's government wherever we go. This means living our lives in such a way that reflects his values and principles. And it means being a light in the darkness and a voice for God's truth. So how do we avoid conforming to the world? Here are some things that we can do. One, Matthew 6, we can seek God first. This means making him a top priority in our lives. And when we do this, everything else will fall into place. Two, follow Romans 12, two, we must renew our minds. This means replacing our old worldly thoughts with new God-centered ones. And we can do this by reading the Bible, praying, spending time with the Holy Spirit in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and also with other believers. Community is key, the right community. 
that is. And three, being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide and he's our protector. And when we follow him, we are less likely to be influenced by the cultures and practices of this world. So let's take a moment to reflect on what we've learned in this segment. Are there any areas in your life where you're still conforming to societal norms that are contrary to the principles of the kingdom of God? If so, what can you do to start living more in line with God's ways? So here are some questions to ponder. I want you to think about your role as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. How are you representing the government of God in your daily interactions? Are you speaking the same language as your government and saying the same things as your commander in chief, Jesus Christ? Two, reflect on the dangers of being led by the culture around you. Are there any areas in your life where you've allowed the culture to influence your actions or decisions? And how can you be more led by the Holy Spirit? And finally, three, I want you to pause and think about the ways of the spirit realm. Are there things that you've deemed as funny or no big deal that are actually in direct opposition to the kingdom of God? How can you discern better what you are coming into agreement with? Remember, As ambassadors of the kingdom of God, we are called to live out the ways of God, not the ways of the world. So let's be intentional about not conforming to the world and let's strive to seek God first, renew our minds and walk in agreement with him. Hallelujah. All right, so in the second captivating segment, we continued our discussion on manipulation and flattery. And we talked a lot about how these things how these two things can lead us away from God's plan for our lives. We know that according to Galatians chapter five, verse 19, that that manipulation is seen as a form of witchcraft. This is because it involves trickery and deception. It's rebellion and it uses these tactics to get what it wants. Flattery is another form of manipulation and it's the act of giving someone false praise or compliments in order to gain their favor or influence. Flattery is often used by people who are trying to get something from you. They may flatter us in order to get us to do something for them or to get us to think or feel a certain way. But flattery can be very persuasive because it makes us feel good about ourselves. But it's important to remember that flattery is never genuine it is always motivated by an ulterior motive. So how can we avoid manipulation and flattery? Here are a few tips. One, first and foremost, trust God. When we trust God to take care of us, we don't need to manipulate others and we can be confident that he will provide for us in his own way and in his own time. Two, You've got to be aware of your motives. When you're tempted to manipulate or flatter someone, ask yourself why you're doing it. Are you trying to get something from them? Are you trying to control them? If so, stop and reconsider. And three, be honest with yourself. Are you easily flattered? Do you like to be praised? 
If so, be aware of this weakness and be on guard against flatterers. All right, so here are some other things, some other questions to ponder. One, I want you to reflect on the concept of flattery. Have you ever given or received flattery with ulterior motives? And two, how can you ensure that your praises are actually genuine and not a means to an end? Remember, in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says that the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That's the Passion Translation. In the King James Translation, it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So let's strive to be true representatives of the kingdom of God, enforcing his kingdom strategies and plans on the earth. And let's resist the temptation to manipulate situations or people and instead trust in God's perfect timing. Let's ensure that our praises are genuine and not influenced by seducing spirits. All right, in the next segment, We'll take a look at the importance of genuine worship, emphasizing that God values sincerity and truth. To God, flattery is seen as false worship, which is unacceptable to him. We'll also explore the biblical perspective on flattery and what the scriptures actually have to say about the matter. But, spoiler alert, (laughs) since it's the word of God, they all condemn these behaviors and stress the need for sincerity and truth. All right, guys, let's move on to the next segment. Are you ready? Let's resume. One of the ways that we've been looking at how manipulate, how you know people manipulate others is by flattery. And so God hates flattery because he even sees it as false and disingenuous disingenuous. And so the definition for flattery is defined as false praise. It's commendation bestowed for the purpose of gaining favor and influence or to accomplish some purpose. In last session, we talked of how it's usually um, uh, seducing spirits often use flattery. Okay. And so flattery is not genuine because there's always an ulterior motive where you appear a certain way to get what you want. Flattery boosts pride and also puts pressure on people, okay? So this definitely, you know, is an effective tactic for those who, those people who are people pleasers, right? Those who, you know, need to get validation and acceptance from others, Okay, so those seducing spirits come with flattery to put pressure on you by making you feel accepted, making you feel validated. All right. Um, So what happens is because you want to enjoy the flattery compliments and praise to continue, right? You'll allow people who flatter you in your circle. How many times do we hear of leaders who have what we call yes men, yes men or yes women in their circles, right? 
And oftentimes it's these people, these leaders who have yes men in their circles that usually end up having a very nasty fall within their careers. Okay, because it's pride. We know pride goes before the fall. And so what happens is that these yes men are always telling the leader what they want to hear rather than giving them the truth. Okay, because that person has a need to be flattered. They have a need for their ego to be fed. Okay, that is pride. They also have a need to be validated, which says that they are accepted. That also means that they have a spirit of rejection that needs to be dealt with. Okay? And so we also see that people use flattery for favor and power and position. They want a seat at the table and they'll use flattery to get it because flatterers typically serve their own appetites and base desires. All right. So what does the Bible say about flattery? A lot, a lot. So get your paper and pencils. I hope you already had them. Write out these scriptures. Proverbs chapter 29, verses five through six in the Passion Translation. Flattery can often be used. It, set, it lets us know that flattery can also often be used as a trap to hide ulterior motives and to take advantage of you. All right, so you need to watch flattery. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 28 in the Amplified Translation lets us know that a flattering mouth works ruin and destruction. Proverbs chapter 27, verses, verse 6, again in the Amplified Translation, when it's talking of flattery, it's, it's saying that it's likened to kisses of an enemy that are lavish and deceitful, okay? Again, it's saying, it's giving you the picture that flattery is equated to the kisses of an enemy that are lavish and deceitful. Psalms chapter 78, verses 36 through 37. It says that they followed God in word but not their hearts and their worship was only flattery. Okay. So speaking of the children of Israel, it says that they follow God in word, but not their hearts and their worship was only flattery. So remember what I was saying, even God is unaccepting of flattery because he sees it as false worship and it's disingenuous. Psalms chapter five, verse eight through nine in the Passion Translation shows us that flattery, that people who flatter, they have smooth tongues that, what does it say? Smooth tongues deceive using words, flattering with their words, okay? Psalms 12 verses two through not through three in the NIV translation 
God's not having flattery. And it's declaring, may the Lord cut off all flattering lips. And then finally, in Daniel 11, verses 23 through 21 through 33, it talks about a king, is a prophetic view. It talks about a king who will assume power by flattery and deception. Whoa, time really ended. We're going to pick up here the next broadcast. And until then, remember you are beautiful to God and you are his beloved. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Body Beautiful Podcast. But before you go, there are three quick things that I want you to do. First, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for new episodes every week. And connect with us here and on our social media platforms to keep the conversation going and share with us your journey and testimonies. It'll be so awesome to see you there. The quick links are right here in the show notes. Second, don't be a stranger. Head on over to our website at www.thebodybeautiful.org and join our community of kingdom bodybuilders by signing up to be a part of our exclusive mailing list. You'll be the first to know about upcoming workshops, events, exclusive merch, and all the latest buzz related to the Body Beautiful mission. And finally, while you're at our website, don't forget to pick up a copy of my latest book, Beautiful and Beloved 31 Day, Day Devotional. It's the perfect way to help you embrace your beauty, value, and worth to God and know that you are truly His beloved. And that's at www.thebodybeautiful.org. Well, that's it for now. So until next time, guys, always remember that you are beautiful to God and you are His beloved. Be blessed. Be blessed.